This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. For our weekly health segment today, we are taking a look at the role that stigma plays in people's health outcomes. When monkeypox began to spread in the U.S. in late May, one of the first groups affected was the LGBTQ community. The disease was first thought to be spread skin to skin, but later it became clear that it was spreading more rapidly through sexual contact. Much like we saw with HIV AIDS, monkeypox became associated with the gay community, even though both diseases can and do affect everyone. And in both cases, gay people were stigmatized. You might think of stigma as something that affects someone's mindset, but research shows that it impacts physical health too. Here to discuss is Justin Hill. He is the former director of health equity at the International Association of Providers of AIDS Care. Dr. Maya Green, chief medical officer at Howard Brown Health, and Shannon Parker, director of strategic and community partnerships at Howard Brown. Welcome, everyone. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. So, Dr. Green, I'm going to start with you. I want to connect the dots between stigma and a person's ultimate health outcomes. So you're an infectious disease physician. How have you seen stigma affect the health of your patients? Um, well, thank you for having me. I'm a family medicine uh, physician. Um, I've done a fellowship in HIV medicine specifically at Rush. And um, what that ties into is the fact that I think you already mentioned it. Stigma is an infectious disease of the mind. And if we can wrap our heads around that, it's more infectious than HIV, than monkeypox, than diabetes than a person's status of who they love, and it kills way more people than any of those things like HIV, diabetes, and monkeypox ever can. Mm. And if there is one thing, it sounds like, you know, like common sense to some of us, but there's if there's one thing I've learned medically is that it, it is stigma. Stigma is a horrible disease, and if we can wrap our heads around that, find cures to undo that, um, then we will make mounds of movement. Even thinking of the word stigma as a disease, yeah. as you described it, that's a new concept for, for many of us. Justin, is what Dr. Green is is describing, is that ringing true to you? I, I think so. I think when we think about stigma, stigma has impacts on both people's decision makings around their health care and health care um, um, access points, as well as it impacts the way in which we deliver services. And so we have stigma impacts both the provider's the, the patients, and the community in which people are living. Mm -hmm. And so we see that play out in how we talk, like how we look at the outcomes for monkeypox, um, about who's most impacted. And you can see the disparity in, like right now, what one of the, the things that are really, that's really interesting is that people are thinking through how they deliver the monkeypox monkeypox vaccines to people, and then who's the most inf infected by it or impacted by it, mm -hmm. rather. And then what they see is, so for instance, here in Chicago, um, black uh, men who have sex with men and Latino men who have sex with men, they have a 21 to 20 um, and 31% respectively in terms of impact or being impacted by monkeypox, yet the delivery of um, vaccines to them is like 12 and 15%. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there's this disparity that shows up and how services are rendered and giving out. And some of that has to do with stigma about her, which neighborhoods people want to work in or how they want to deliver and how they treat people. So stigma has an impact not just in people's ability to access, well, not just in people's ability to know, um, navigate getting care, but mm -hmm. also who will serve them and how they are yeah. served and when they are served. Mm -hmm. Interesting. What about you, Shannon? How have you seen stigma impact people's health? Yeah, well, thank you all so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here of with course. Justin and Maya. So 
I have seen stigma impact folks in, in, in major ways, but the first thing I will say is that stigma actually shames individuals into receiving care in the first mm-hmm. place, right? Um, so when we think about monkeypox um, and how it was actually illustrated, the first thing we saw was that this is individuals who were um, having sex with men, right? Um, so again, very reminiscent to HIV AIDS, you had individuals who are saying, okay, great, yet another thing that is centered around who I sleep with. Okay. So because of that, individuals were just like, no, I do not want another thing attached to me. I am not going to talk about this. I am not going to seek care for this. This is something I'm just hoping is going to go away on its own. Mm. And it's not, right? So when we talk about stigma and how it affects folks, we see individuals internalizing that shame where they're actually saying that this is my fault for having this in the first place and I am not going to actually seek treatment for this because I'm going to actually receive the ire from my medical providers, Mm. from my community, from my caretakers, right? So stigma actually does kill. That is not just a clever slogan. Mm -hmm. That is actual and factual is that it actually has people refuse care, um, not seek care, Mm -hmm. right? And ultimately, that creates bad outcomes for a community um, because these are individuals who will ultimately transmit very treatable things to other individuals within their community. Yeah. Justin, you're talking about, you know, ways in which stigma is is impacting these patients. But talk to me about, especially when it comes to things like HIV, AIDS, and monkeypox, how... uh, is that communicated or how, how do advocates typically handle and, and communicate about this? So first let me um, correct something I'm remiss about. I wanted to say thank you for having me and I'm so glad to be sitting with Dr. Meyer Greens and Director Parker. They're some of my favorite people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I would like to, um, to, to answer your question, um, what we, how we talk about stigmas implications around how it drives people to um, seek or not seek care depends on how we as health providers communicate it, right? So like Shannon talks about the fact that for a a long while, people were stuck in this this headset of like our mind space because it was communicated as this is a sexually transmitted thing. And then a lot of public health advocates around the country really got very um, intentional about the language and trying to talk about it and to demystify it. We are, a lot of the healthcare leaders that I know are very um, concerned about recreating what happened with HIV Mm -hmm. and AIDS. Mm -hmm. And so people have done a a very um, good job, I would say, in being, having a kind of ginger approach to talking about it. And so we want to talk about the fact that this is a skin-to-skin contact disease and we want to make sure that people feel that it's not about their behavior. It's just about being in spaces where there might be this infection and it takes a long time for it to manifest. And the the, 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 the usual manifestations are cold, fever, feelings, and so people won't know that they are, they are contagious. So part of it is us all being conscious about our language and how we talk about it. But then another part of it is being very clear about the communities that are most vulnerable and trying to make sure that we go to that place yeah. 
in a loving and caring and thoughtful way and deliver services with free of stigma as best we can because we as humans can bring a lot of our own stuff to spaces. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, like when we talk about stigma in terms of monkeypox particularly, um, one of the ways in which we originally started, when we started to go to MSM communities, people had, um, like I know when I went to get my vaccine, people were like, oh, so have you slept with 12 people in the last eight hours? And yeah. I'm just like, Correct. what? Correct. I was like, I don't, I have a job. My, I can't, can't really function. Hi, my name like, is Justin. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And so that, that created a barrier that wasn't necessary. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, um, it's just, it should be enough that I'm a black man in America and we are seeing the, the data was showing at that point that it was impacting black men. So it should be, okay, first come, like there shouldn't be a first come, first serve. You are part of the impacted community. Um, regardless of how you show up, we want to make sure you have access to this. Yeah, such a and good so point. we have to learn those things when we are trying to talk to these communities who are vulnerable and who have these stigmas attached to them. Yeah. But Dr. Green, I want you to weigh in on, on that great point that Justin just brought up. How or what do healthcare providers need to do to help destigmatize this thing? We got to destigmatize our minds. A lot of times people think it's not the healthcare providers and I will dare to say most of the time it is. It's it's how the language first comes out, right? I'm getting looks like, oh, <laughs> but it's true. It's how the language first yeah, comes out. Yeah, do you out. have examples? If you look, yes, thank you so much. HIV. HIV, human immunodeficiency virus. It's a virus that impacts immune systems, right? You have an immune system. I have an immune system. Most people in here have one. So if you have an immune system, you need screening. We did not communicate that effectively in the 1980s or the 1990s or the early 2000s. And so we're dealing with something where backing up to what Shannon said and, and tying it into what you're saying, in 2013, there was an article, and I always told it, published in a journal of clinical infectious diseases that showed that African-American men tied to communities that have heavy stigma upon same-gender loving um, experiences Actually, A, like you said, um, Justin, will present later to even get tested for HIV. And then B, after diagnosed, this is after diagnosed. Now I know I've been, you know, the diagnosis is there. The worthiness factor mm -hmm. that stigma plays, self-stigma from community that received from community, they will engage in treatment later, even though, and this is 2013 when all of the medicines effectively worked, you know, without a lot of side effects. We had once a day, we, you know, the nausea, all that other stuff for the most part was gone. And so um, we're creating situations where our own community that we need to focus on are preventing, they're presenting later for care and accepting the medicine and accepting care later. And so th that's journal. And so when we relate that to monkeypox or the MPV virus, it's skin to skin. HIV impacts immune systems. MPV is spread skin to skin. That means everybody with skin <laughs> needs to receive right. information. And so when we, the healthcare providers, are, like Justin mentioned, the uh, experience, when I'm more concerned about who you love and how you love, that may be data that I think I'm collecting for, you know, um, I don't know at this point because there's journals and studies. How many studies do we need mm -hmm. to understand we're negatively impacting um, overlooked and underserved and minoritized communities? Yeah. How many studies do we need to understand that my way of thinking as a provider may impact the LGBTQ, African-American community, um, while I think I'm just collecting data for my what? Yeah. You know, there's studies on studies. We need to move from... Like, we, you know, we saw the studies. I'm interested in how we move from those studies and surprise 
to action. And Aunt Shannon actually um, started talking in one of the in one of these discussions about all these things and how we relay it. And Shannon, she said, "Well, you know, shots and arms, shots and arms. We always talk about that. We talk about that with COVID. We talk about it with Shannon said, "I'm interested in removing moving be, to beyond shots and arms because the mm-hmm. problem isn't the shot in the arm. We have to move beyond and get in that person's what, life." Why don't you tell us about that, Shannon? Sure. So. One of the things that um, Maya and I were talking about was we oftentimes, when we take a medical approach, we do just that, right? We think about treatment. And that's obviously very important. Right. But one of the things that we forget is education. Mm-hmm. Um, we forget the, the, the damage of stigma. Um, and a lot of the lack of education is not only coming from community members, but it's actually coming from those individuals who we trust with the information, mm-hmm. you know? So, again, so is this what you mean by going beyond shots and arms? Absolutely. So again, when we're talking about going beyond shots and arms, we're actually facilitating or curating conversations with community so that way community can be informed with what is actually happening so that way community can actually know where to receive vaccines from, right? Mm. What the vaccines actually do. We see that people are coming off of the heels of COVID um, and so many other things. So it is natural that folks are a bit vaccine fatigued and they're also vaccine skeptical, right? So again, here we have another thing on top of another thing. So if we do not armor folks with education, then we're going to continue to see poor outcomes. Another thing I also want to say is that when we talk about poor outcomes and we're centering LGBTQ folks, we have to remember that there are forgotten groups of individuals within the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking about trans women specifically, right? Um, we saw that white communities in droves had access to MPV vaccines, But again, just like with COVID, that was not the case with black communities. Um, Getting more narrow and more granular, that was not the case when it came to trans-identified and non-binary folks, right? So if we're going to talk about this from a total approach, we've got to think about those forgotten populations that we don't reach out to, that we don't provide access to education to, Mm -hmm. or even access to vaccine and treatment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're discussing how Stigmas around certain diseases, like the stigma the LGBTQ community has faced over HIV and now monkeypox, how that can impact people's health. Our guests are Justin Hill, former director of health equity at the International Association of Providers of AIDS Care, Dr. Maya Green, who's chief medical officer at Howard Brown Health, and Shannon Parker, director of strategic and community partnerships at Howard Brown. So I want to stick with you for just another moment, Shannon, you know, we talked about this. How does what we saw with monkeypox stigma, how does it compare to the 80s and beyond? I know that when HIV first began um, to spread, it was actually being called gay-related immune deficiency or Great. GRID. <laughs> so how does it relate? Oh, my goodness. We don't have enough time to talk about that. <laughs> um, Give me the one-minute version. One-minute version. Okay. It relates, number one, because there is so much constant misinformation that's being put out there. And that misinformation, again, kind of leads to a shutdown and a fatigue, right? Folks ultimately end up saying, you know what, if the professionals don't know what they're talking about, then why should I take anybody's word for this? So as I said before, um, and as other folks here are saying too, we continue to relate this to sex, right? Um, We don't relate this to 
humans being human. We don't relate this to something that everybody is actually in danger of. We relate this to individuals who do a very particular thing and we bring it back to it being their fault. Right. And when we talk about the fault, when we assign fault to a certain group of individuals, therefore, we actually are not responsive or proactive in terms of treating them. What this also does is it creates a dangerous precedence for other individuals who are deluded into believing that somehow that this does not affect them. And then we end up seeing broader outcomes. One of the things that my colleague here, um, Maya Green, said was, I promise you, if we're talking about this being a narrow lane of individuals who are affected, we're going to be wrong. This is going to spread. So one of the things that um, Maya and I will sit and talk about is how do we become proactive and we actually begin to get this messaging and this treatment out to other populations who are going to be broadly affected, just like we saw with HIV AIDS, right? We see seniors being affected. We see children being affected. We see heterosexual populations being affected. So the same thing we have with monkeypox yeah. as well. So this this next question, I want to get you both, uh, Dr. Green and Justin, to weigh in on this here. Because, you know, research, as we, we've discussed, it shows that when a person anticipates, right, there's this anticipated stigma. When they anticipate that they're going to be stigmatized, that can also have an impact on their physical health. But we shouldn't gloss over the effects that this can also have on mental health. So, so Dr. Green, start us off. What should folks know about that piece? The effects on mental health. Mental health, yeah. yeah. Um, going back and to... And what you've observed. Yeah, going back to um, what we said about stigma, we talked about it being infectious. It is a mental process that our community kind of goes through, and you are absolutely right. So... Um, when people anticipate they're, that they're, they're going to experience these things, trying to get care for themselves, they do. Um, like the article I mentioned, they'll come later. They'll agree to treatment later. Mm-hmm. Um, because if the healthcare experts are telling you this in your community, a lot of times people actually start to believe it and develop their own self, you know, experiences regarding it and treat themselves like that. And so what we've seen is kind of what we see with the HIV epidemic. Or you can just pick a disease. I always say put your hand up. You, the fingers are the branches. Bark is the arm. You know, HIV, hepatitis C, diabetes mental health suicide, because that's something we don't, you know, often talk about, and um, uh, pick it, hypertension. I pick hep C because there's a cure, right? So say on that tree we cut the hep C branch off because now there's a cure for hep C. The tree just grows another branch because the problem is the mental impact of stigma, right. and it's down you in the look at the root. root. Don't take me to church. <laughs> you got to get church. down in the root. Yes. And so that that is, it, it's a mental process that without public health, healthcare experts, when we build out where we're going to put the vaccines, yeah. how we're going to communicate, you have to jump in my label box. I've labeled it grid. So now you have to accept the label that I put on it before you even, you know, consent to care. You know, when we build things like that, we're actually building, we a lot of times, and, and it goes to, diversity in thought leaders. So if there's no one yeah. from the community at the table, I can tell you the outcome. I don't even have to wait. Mm-hmm. And I want to say our, our the last thing, our patients, they learn that and to anticipate that, not because of something they're making up. They're getting it from community, but most importantly, and sadly to say, they're getting it from history. Mm. So Justin, it sounds like we should not view mental health and physical health as two separate buckets when we're thinking about the, the full impact of stigma. 
I, I, I double down on what Dr. Green said. I want to take it to something that Shannon was alluding to. Um, people develop stigma based off how their, their community, the, the people who look like them, who they grow up with, those, the community institutions, how those are shaped. And a lot of that also comes from political, political, political leadership. So in my role as the co-chair of the Black Leaders Caucus at the Victory Fund, I, I work to make sure that we have that diversity of leadership that Dr. Maya Green is talking about. And with that diversity of leadership, we get to see different approaches that actually changes the way in which people talk about, name, and deliver services around these like key issues, um, these key pressing issues of today to key populations. For instance, like when we talk about the difference between the HIV response from the White House versus how um, back in the Reagan era to what's happening with the Biden administration around its rollout around monkeypox, mm-hmm. you get to see what leadership and political thoughtfulness does to destigmatize and address some of the in- inequities that are propagated by institutions that also impacts people's mental health and their physical health. Yeah. And so Biden was very clear when monkeypox came up that it's after after he saw the data, he was like, we're going to declare this a, a, a public health issue. He didn't call it a crisis, but it was an emergency. And he pushed for them to um, to, to buy more vaccines. Yeah. And so that drove a conversation with public health leaders around the country to talk about how do we get this to the communities most impacted. And that also drove um, the Biden administration also set up things to get people in the room who were community leaders to talk about how they wanted to reach those communities. We have organizations like Howard Brown who are leading those kinds of conversations with community mm-hmm. leaders to demystify and to destigmatize the conversation that church right. leaders have with their parishioners. And so that's the kind of thing that changes the conversation and the, the cultural milieu in which we all are living and allows people to access care without that stigma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a few seconds here, Shannon. I, I want you to leave us with this. What should the queer person who's listening right now who feels stigmatized right now? What should they know? What should they do? That is a great question. Man, what should they do? First and foremost, um, recognize that there is power in taking your health into your hands, right? Speak up for us. There's power in taking health within your hands, in your own hands. Um, you know, without good health, there's not a whole lot of anything that you can do, mm-hmm. you know? Um, not only do places like Howard Brown exist to address those issues, um, but so many other places throughout the city, throughout the country, also aim to serve individuals within our community um, who need access to good health care. I think that's the main thing, too. Also recognizing that, um, yes, stigma does kill, and unfortunately I will just say that there are individuals who are very invested in it doing just that, yeah. right? Yeah, we'll have to leave it there for now. That's Shannon Parker and Dr. Maya Green from Howard Brown Health and also health equity expert Justin Hill. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much.